the volume. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sportsbook incredibly easy to use, super safe, totally secure, super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same game parlay bets, live betting. It's the best. Hey, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. This is Prime Cuts, the best of the Colin Coward podcast, Super Bowl week, Megatron, Calvin Johnson on why he's never seen a quarterback like Matt Stafford, the one and only Coach O on recruiting Joe Burrow to LSU and why Burrow's the smartest player he's ever been around, Eli Manning with Super Bowl insight and Chad Millman with the best Super Bowl bets, but first my top takes of the week. So I was thinking about this Super Bowl being at SoFi Stadium. And years and years ago, I had a lunch with an NBA executive. And it was during a very wokey time in America. And he was talking about how the NBA was really connecting. And I warned him that I thought they were connecting to Twitter, not like the real world. 23% of the countries on Twitter, 6% are super users. That's not the real world. On Twitter, nobody likes me. In real life, I see my ratings. A lot of people like me. So Twitter is not real life. But he was going on and on about how the NBA was the future of sports. And I needed to understand that. And I said, I actually think the NFL has underachieved over the last 50 years. I said, they've embraced places like Buffalo and 
Green Bay and Jacksonville. And there's a lot of cities that are not dynamic, vibrant, or going to be a centerpiece for the next 50 years of America's economy. And so Jerry Jones of the Cowboys saw this years and years ago. The story goes that many people inside the NFL were watching the ESPYs, and they were seeing Peyton Manning host it and Jamie Foxx host it, and all those pro athletes in the crowd. And, and many in the NFL said, we're in the entertainment business. Is Buffalo? Is Tampa? Is Green Bay? Is that the entertainment business? Jacksonville? And that's, that's not to say that there aren't redeeming qualities about Charlotte. It's a banking center in the South. Or Seattle, although it's geographically isolated, it's a very vibrant, dynamic, economic city. But what you're watching with this Super Bowl is the future of the NFL. A lot of crypto ads and gambling ads and Sean McVay coaching tree and offense and quarterbacks and Los Angeles, the entertainment capital of North America. And, and I felt this for some time. What you're seeing over the last couple of years is what the NFL is going to be going forward. Dumb coaches are done. Young coaches are on the way in. Analytics, lots of gambling, um, the new economy, and Los Angeles has to be part of it. I mean, just, just think about this. Can you imagine any franchise business not being in Los Angeles? It's the fifth biggest economy in the world, during the pandemic, when most of the economy went into the tank, the state of California had a $75 billion surplus. 40 of our 50 states need a check, a bailout from the federal government every year to pay their bills. In California, we have to write the government, the federal government, a big check. Now, if you watch news networks and listen to conservative blogs and websites, you'd swear nobody wants to live in California. As people in football have more mobility, the coaches, the GMs, the owners can move franchises. California teams keep getting stronger. New York State teams keep getting weaker. I mean, Buffalo now is the best. The Buffalo Bills are easily the best New York State sports franchise, professional sports franchise, easily. What does that tell you? The big city of New York, the weather, the egos, the expense. When people have choices, overwhelmingly, they're choosing California. They're not choosing New York. And the NFL absolutely loves this. They love it. They love the idea of the entertainment capital of the world having a Super Bowl and a maybe the coach of the future Building a coaching tree, NFL is totally been gearing for years, ever since watching the ESPYs and realizing, why does the NBA have all the stars and all the glamour? Why can't we have some of that? But if that's the case, why did Lincoln Riley choose worse taxes to move to California? Bigger, broader, progressive, smart, the future of football Smarter people win. Offensive coaches win. Young beats old. So I think what you see is going forward, the NFL and Jerry Jones, who's been training with the Cowboys north of Malibu for years. I think what you're seeing going forward is the NFL's got a 30 to 40 percent growth margin going forward. In fact, if you look at the NFL's ratings last year to this year, 
the margin in which they've increased is greater than the ratings for the NBA finals last year. I think the NFL going forward is going to benefit from the explosion of sports gambling. Uh, I also think the NFL, much more than baseball, is a much more nimble sport in terms of pivoting off uh, certain policies, pivoting into safety, pivoting into new technologies. So I think what you're going to see from the Super Bowl and what you're going to see from the NFL going forward is smart, progressive gambling, crypto sponsors, lots of offense, quarterbacks. And it's not that it's going to marginalize defense. You'll still need great defensive players. But I've always thought when people talk about how popular the NFL is, we don't even talk about regular season baseball games. Go on Twitter. People talk about NBA plays or NBA players. How often do fans get into a breakdown of the games? We watch football. We break it down. We just don't talk about individuals. We talk about schematics and strategy. And I think the league has honestly underachieved over the last 20 years. And don't tell me glamour doesn't work. The Dallas Cowboys remain the number one brand, and it's not due to winning. And the most popular teams in my lifetime have been the 80s 49ers and Troy Aikman's Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Patriots won more, they weren't as popular. And those two teams, the Niners and the Cowboys, were glamour teams. So I just like where the NFL is going. I think it's getting younger and smarter. I think it's getting uh, more into analytics. I think it's wrapped its arms around gambling like the English Premier League did eons ago. And I love the future. The future is going to be young, smart, offensive coaches, terrific quarterback talent, um, healthier players. Once again, we get to an end of an NFL season as they've cut back on hitting at practices, hitting in games. Once again, we get to an NFL season near the end, and these two teams are overwhelmingly healthy. Overwhelmingly. I think the NFL is just scratching the surface. You know, I'm not saying I'd be capable of running a league, but this is something that stumps me. Why do all these leagues not consider the playoffs when voting on MVPs? I don't understand it. If you look at the TV metrics, nobody really watches the NBA regular season. The reason, though, LeBron's got a great statistical advantage over MJ, but we cling to MJ as the best player is six for six in the finals. Yet we don't count the postseason in the NBA's MVP voting. Well, when we define players, it's all about the postseason. I said six weeks ago, I would vote Joe Burrow the MVP of the NFL, not Aaron Rodgers. Because even though Aaron's clearly important to the Packers, they have a history of winning pre-Aaron Rodgers. They're well run. And I think Aaron has less to overcome than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's got the cheapest owner. Joe Burrow's got an average front office. Joe Burrow had Zach Taylor, who was 625 and one before Burrow got there. It's not an organization with great continuity or a history of great free agent signings. So Burrow's overcoming more. That's one argument. When you add the playoff success, winning on the road at Arrowhead, on the road at Tennessee, being outgained by the Raiders and winning, 
How are we not considering the postseason for the National Football League most valuable player? Who's the greatest quarterback of all time? Dan Marino's the most talented, arguably. And they won a Super Bowl. It's Tom Brady. Second is Joe Montana. Third, Elway. Fourth, Peyton Manning. They've all got titles. It's one of the mysteries to me about sports. I've never really understood it. We define legacies with championships overwhelmingly. It's the knock on Barkley, the knock on Dan Marino. Why aren't they considered in most valuable player voting? And I'll say it again. Joe Burrow means more to Cincinnati than Aaron Rodgers means to Green Bay. That's not to say Green Bay is the same quality franchise without Aaron Rodgers. But he succeeded Brett Favre. They had Bart Starr. It's been the second or third biggest brand in the league since I was a kid. Cincinnati is the only northern franchise without an indoor practice facility. They don't make trades. Their business model is out of the 70s. And Joe Burrow's got them in the Super Bowl. I just don't get it. I'm, I'm just without answers on this. When you look at Burrow and Aaron Rodgers, who feels more valuable to the franchise? Is it even close? Cincinnati is a last place team in that division. How do I know that? Because if not for Cleveland, they would have been the last 15 years. But now that Cleveland has a legitimate roster, they would be the fourth place team in that division without Joe Burrow. They're a little more than a field goal underdog in the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay. If you look at their front office, their offensive line, their skill people, there's an argument to be made, even with Jordan Love or a reasonable facsimile. They go on the market. They get Jimmy Garoppolo. They still win the division. I can't figure it out. I'm not saying I could run a league. But the idea that we don't consider postseasons in the most valuable player voting, to me, is ridiculous. You know, I'm watching the Brooklyn Nets essentially burn on the side of the freeway. They've lost eight straight. And I will say this, that I've always felt one of the underrated parts of LeBron James' game is his decision-making. I mean, many believe the worst decision he ever made was hosting a press conference, giving a million dollars to the Boys and Girls Club, and choosing Miami. Now, the commissioner at the time, David Stern, thought it was too public, too harsh. But if that's the low point of his career socially, I'm good with it. But it is remarkable. I think a lot of people in the media, and I understand this, the NBA is so star-driven that reporters don't want to lose access to the stars because there's only six to eight players you can really write about that anybody reads your stuff, truthfully. So there's a lot of hand-holding, a lot of pandering, I think, by the NBA media. Can you imagine if Tom Brady in his prime with the Patriots would have chosen an injury-prone, selfish, delusional teammate and left the Patriots for the Detroit Lions. It would have been the most mocked, panned move in sports for a year. We hold our NFL stars to an incredibly high level. We're harsh when they fail. 
if Aaron Rodgers just went for a money grab instead of going to the Denver Broncos or the Steelers, well-run organizations with good rosters, we would look at him as less of a guy, less of a player. Has anybody really sat back for five minutes that covers the NBA and said this out loud? Kevin Durant chose Kyrie Irving over a dynasty with Steph Curry. It goes down as so egregiously poor a decision. It's the second line of his basketball career. All-time great talent, all-time horrible decision. I mean, think about that. Think about a football star. If Patrick Mahomes said, you know, I'm going to leave Andy Reid. I'm going to leave this great franchise. And I'm going to go to the Jaguars uh, because I can make a little more money. And I'm going to go with Antonio Brown. We would go, are you out of your fucking mind? See a therapist. The Warriors had an A owner, an AGM, an A coach, an A star. He didn't even have to do the heavy lifting. Draymond Green has always been the bully at the bar for the Warriors, the tough guy. I just look at this Brooklyn situation and I think, what in God's name was Kevin Durant thinking? I mean, I never thought it was going to be a great move. It's a disaster a year and a half in. It's an utter disaster. Do you know how hard it is to lose eight games in a row in the NBA? I mean, you can lose eight games in a row in the NFL if you have a bad quarterback. There are so many bad teams at the bottom of the NBA pool. To lose eight games in a row is virtually impossible. FanDuel Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. So to celebrate, new customers can bet $5 to win $280 in cash on either team to win if you use the promo code Colin. That's right. You get your winnings, cold hard cash, because we know cash is always better than free bets. FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. They got same game parlays. You can combine small bets for bigger wins, tons of Super Bowl props, and more. Don't miss out. For your chance to turn five bucks into 280 in cash, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Please use the promo code Colin, C O L I N. Payouts in as little as two hours. Safe and secure. FanDuel Sportsbook. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund 10 bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook. FanDuel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile slash web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Jersey, and Virginia. Or call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789. Or go to 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their hand cook, test results, and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Well, he really needs no introduction. Um, He's the best college football receiver I've ever seen. Calvin Johnson at Georgia Tech. He became one of the great NFL receivers I've ever seen. So you go back to your Detroit years. First of all, there were playoffs. There were a lot of wins. Let's not just marginalize it as there wasn't success. When did you know, um, I mean, obviously you had high school quarterbacks and Georgia Tech, and then you get to the NFL with Matt Stafford. How many practices did it take? How many throws to go, all right, this this guy's a little different. This, this is a pretty lively arm. Literally, I'll have to say like first week, if not the first day, I've never seen an arm like Matthew. I've never seen anybody <laughs> reach any throw on the field, literally nobody, no quarterback. I'll tell you what Cole happened for a year there in Detroit. I mean, didn't have a whole lot of, you know, quarterbacks that up I mean, on the caliber of Matthew, of course, but nobody could reach the throws that he could reach. 
nobody, I saw the grit in Matthew from the injuries that he had. You know, I saw the toughness there, the perseverance, you know, so just all around skill, you know. I still don't see anybody that can throw the ball like him in the league. I mean, there's guys that can throw the ball, but the young Matthew, that guy had can't. Um, Sean McVay always talks about sort of his emotional intelligence, EQ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's got a lot of come from behind wins. What was he like in the huddle, fourth quarter, down four, two to go? What was he like, Calvin? Come on, guys. That's the void. You know, just, just come on, guys. Let's go. Hey, do your job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never. It's never this. Never the ups and downs. Matthew is consistent and he is consistently getting better and better as we see now. But uh, that was Matthew. Hey, hey, big guy. Like, come on, I need you. Or hey, big guy. Hey, you know, you should have had that. Like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. Should have caught that ball or whatever it was. You know, he never is the one that jumped down your throat, berates you because he knows that we're a team. You know, we need, we need, he needs everybody on that field uh, to make this thing go. What is it about Cooper Cup? You know, I always joke. I'm like, Dude's open almost every play. What? What is it? The schemes? Is it the speed? Like, why is he so open so often? Um, the guy, he's a great receiver. He has good speed. Um, the slot, the lineup, the the trips that they do or the bunches that they do, that doesn't allow you to get a good, you know, double team on the guy. And they cover him one-on-one. You cover that guy one-on-one, he's going to eat you up. And if they haven't found out by now, I mean, goodness gracious, go look at the film. Do you remember the moment? that you decided could have been a car ride home, could have been a bad practice. <laughs> Maybe it was rehab or something that you, that, could you take me to the moment that you just decided, man, like Brady. I mean, Brady had a great season and there was a moment this year at some point, he just, he was driving home to see his family and was like, I don't want to go back to work. Do you remember <laughs> that moment for you? Man, that moment came after my eighth year. I love, I love telling the story because, you know, after the season's over with, you know, first thing smoking back to Georgia, you know, because it's cold. It's gray up here in Michigan trying to get out of here. Go back and sit on my dad's couch. I'm sitting there like, man, dad, I don't know if I got it anymore. It's just, you know, just talking to him, talking to him just like, it's not fun. He's like, what you mean? You know, just, you know, just running around and playing in pain kind of just zaps all the fun out of it. I'm thinking, I'm, thinking I'm done. And he asked me a question. He was like, well, he sat there and asked me, like, you, you think you got one more in you? And I didn't say no. I sat there and was thinking about it. And he was like, well, since you're thinking about it, you can do it one more time. So honestly, it's that eighth year. After that eighth year, I already made up my mind. I was like, hey, I, just, I just don't I don't have the love. I don't feel like I don't feel like going through the pain to do all I got to do to get ready for this season anymore. It hurts. The, the, the fun was zapped out of it. I was done with it. I almost had a disdain for the game. That's why I, didn't, I told you I didn't watch football after I got done. I didn't want to decide. I didn't, didn't want to see anything football. I didn't want to watch football. I didn't, you know, I didn't care. But, you know, I love seeing my guys, the guys I play with. I'm still a fan of those guys. So, I mean, it's football. I love football. So, of course, I'm watching now. But just it's just at the time, I just didn't, didn't have any more love for it. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, listen, it was breaking you physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, that changes your quality of life. Right. right when playing, I mean, people that, that live in pain change your quality of life versus, you know, being happy. You know, having the things that you need to make you feel good, to be happy, your family, all those things. You know, it's all about quality of life for me. And that's why, I mean, my business ventures reflect that. This next guest is somebody who is one of the most colorful characters in the history of college football. And one of the things about Ed Orgeron that's really unique is Ed is so authentic to Ed. LSU is a perfect fit for you. 
I think you, you, I, I've said this on the air before. You look, you look, you talk, you sound, you recruit, you feel like the LSU football coach, but we know it's the SEC. We know the pressure's insane. You had told, I think Urban Meyer told me this a couple of years ago that, that you had told him and you said, Hey, Joe Burrow, I, that was bigger than people think. We, they were getting on me. I had to win some damn games. You know, Ed, before you landed Joe Burrow, I remember it was your first or second year and you had a really tough loss against kind of a not a big program. Go back to that. Did you think you were going to get fired early at LSU? Uh, you know, when we lost to Troy. Troy. Uh, it, it, you could feel it. And we got on a plane to go to Florida. <laughs> I pushed my truck ahead so we, we got to win. I don't know what, what would happen if I lost to Florida, to be honest with you. I don't know if they would have fired me. I don't know if I would have made it. But we beat Florida. And then we continue, and we started winning some football games. And uh, that took the pressure off right there. So take me to the Joe Burrow recruitment. When is the first time you saw tape of Joe Burrow? This is, a, this is an amazing story. We have a spring game. You know, spring game's on TV, okay? And I get back. Our quarterback play wasn't very good. And my, my son was playing at back in East State. He plays quarterback. Said, Daddy, we need a quarterback. So I know. He said, Dad, I, I was watching Ohio State's spring game. Joe Burrow is transferred. We need him. I, said, I don't know who Joe Burrow is. So I had a coach on my staff meet Bill Bush, who was very instrumental in getting Joe to our school. Bill Bush was there at Ohio State and knew the family. I went to help him. I said, hey, listen, Joe Burrow's fixed to transfer. He says, Coach, if we get Joe Burrow, we're going to college football players. So, yeah, so we got him on a visit. <laughs> you love this. He didn't want to talk to me. He didn't want – no, no. He said, Coach, you got this recruiting game. I don't need to hear it, Coach. That, that's not what I'm here for. I want to talk football, and I want to eat crawfish. <laughs> we had a football meeting, and we had some of his plays that he ran at Ohio State. And we started asking him questions, why, what, where – Offense, defense, why are you doing this? Why are we calling this? And it took me five minutes to realize there were six people in the room, including me. Joe Burrow was the smartest guy in that room, off the charts. Smartest football player I've ever been around. Wow. Yeah. 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 You know, it's interesting, Ed. Um, he has a good arm, but not huge. He moves but he's not super athletic. I said when I first saw him, I thought he was a little Tony Romo. He had a little gunslinger. He was pretty twitchy. But, but you know, he's not Mahomes or Josh Allen Arm. What is it about him besides the brain power? Athletically, what, what is it that makes him so special? Well, it's his intangibles. It's his guts. It's his work ethic. His focus. All those things that I'm talking about are off the charts with Joe Burrow. You know what? He's there the same day now. He's a little bit more athletic than you think. When he first came, I said, well, he doesn't throw the ball as strong as I thought he would. You know what I'm saying? But he's so smart, and he knows what to do with the football. And he can extend plays with his feet. And he's tough. The guy can take a hit. You hit him, you get the other quarterbacks, but not all quarterbacks, you, you hit them, you know, they, they might want to get out the game a little bit. Joe ain't, Joe's like a linebacker. You hit him, he gets pissed and he wants to go for it. <laughs> so 
the year before you won the national title, Ohio kid comes down there. You were a good team. I remember he got he played a game against somebody and he got kind of the shit kicked out of him. Maybe it had been Auburn. He got hit, went out, came back. Was there a moment in the year before he left? Was there a moment when you felt it all coming together and said, okay, I mean, because it's obvious, coach, Ohio to LSU, it's a wholly different world. Was there, did you have a moment the 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 junior year that you said, guys, this is it? Yeah. First of all, we played Georgia, the number two team in the country. And we beat them pretty good. And we went for four, we went on four down and one five times. Joe ran some quarterback sneaks. He made some great plays. That was a big win for us. Okay. That, that started the momentum right there. But we played in a Fiesta Bowl, and Joe Burrow took a hit. It was a blindside hit. I called for Miles Bernard to get in, and Joe is, is on the ground. And Joe gets up, and he says, F that, coach. I'm not coming up the game. We're down, we're down 14 points. He stays in the game. We score the next three series. We beat UCF and win 10 games, which was which was a momentum for our football team. I remember when I was at Pete Carroll, when we won 10 games and went to the Orange Bowl. Yes. It reminded me of that year. I said, you know what? We got us a team now. Maybe next year we can win. If you took your best USC team and your national championship LSU team, what would the game look like? It'd be one heck of a game. It would be one heck of a game. I'll tell you what, now USC has some great teams. Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart and that defense we had, uh, and and the defense and the and the play the players that we had at LSU, it'd be one heck of a game. You know, I always point to the linebacking crew you had that Clay Matthews couldn't start. Remember, you had Maluga, uh, Rivers, there a Cushing. You're. And then Clay Matthews couldn't start. He goes to the NFL and wins NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. Clay Matthews was a walk-on. I got him to walk home. Pete Carroll called me when I was at Ole Miss. He said, Coach, you're not going to believe this Matthews guy. He's growing. I think he's going to be a heck of a player. He, and, and, and his brother came with us. And his brother was very big, great young man. I think he's having a lot of success. But I was involved in that. I couldn't believe the way that Clay grew up and what a great player he was. But that's USC. Pete Carroll did a great job of recruiting. The guy knew what he was doing. What did you learn from Pete? A lot of stuff. To compete. To wake up, he had positive attitude. The energy that he had. Come on, Eddie, let's go. We'd hit 14 schools in, in Los Angeles. We were rolling, man. And, and, and look, he didn't stop. Every, every day, Pete Carroll was the same. But the one thing that I, I don't know if people really know this about Pete. He's a disciplinarian. He don't put up with nothing now. You know, he's the happy-go-lucky guy. He makes everybody feel good. But when we went and watched the tape, every every time we had practice, coaches would go eat. He had media. He'd come back, and that tape was on. And, boy, if your player didn't do the right thing, you felt like he made you feel that small. Not in a, in, in a way of, of yelling, screaming, but you felt like you were loyal to Pete and you didn't want to let him down. And he, he tried to fix everything. His teams got better as the season went along because his knowledge of football. You know, your career is pretty amazing. You were with Jimmy Johnson when you were very early. 
And Jimmy tells great stories about you. I mean, he really does. He tells fascinating stories. If I said to you, give me something about Jimmy. You talked about Pete. Give me something about Jimmy Johnson that he taught you. Let me say this to you. The first day that I walked on that football field at the University of Miami, I learned how to coach. That was it. I felt it. I saw it. One of the greatest, the, the greatest on the field coach, him and his staff, that I ever seen. Those practices at the University of Miami were excellent. Those players practiced hard. Those coaches coached hard. I just loved the intensity. I'd never been around anything like that in my life. The first day I learned how to coach with Jimmy Johnson. I, I love being with him every day. He was so smart. He was so intense. Now look, we, we was like in a shotgun uh, office. And uh, coach would go work out. Everybody go work out. You know, he'd have his hair fixed. You know, he'd have his hair fixed, obviously. Right? And he'd walk in. We'd be ready for practice. And if coach would walk down, you could see him walk down the hall. And if he'd be smiling in a good mood, you'd keep on walking. <laughs> but, boy, if he had that look in the face, man, I took that first door I could to the left. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to pass him at all. But you, he had that, that, that persona about him that everybody followed and everybody respected. And you didn't want to you didn't want to upset Jimmy, just like Pete. I was going to say, what you're talking about with both of them is sort of a presence. They you could sense it when they walked into a room. You could feel it. Yes, no question. Both of them, and, and they, they they were both the boss. You wanted you wanted to be part of it. You wanted to be at work. You knew you was getting better. You knew your teams were going to win. You saw the confidence in them every day. And then the work that they did on a daily basis every day is where I learned how to be a head coach. All right. There's very few people. I've done a couple events with Eli Manning. Very few people that have achieved as much as Eli Manning, but are still humble and uh, based on family and all the things that matter. Eli Manning, two-time Super Bowl MVP, four-time Pro Bowler, number one overall pick. All right, Super Bowl week. Let's cut to the chase here, Eli. Um, you, your brother, your family, your father, Cooper of Oles, told me this about you. Not that you were disengaged, but you weren't affected by things the rest of the family was. You were always sort of in your own head. So that leads me to believe, and I said this before about you, I always thought you were better in the two-minute drill than out of it. I think you made your two best throws in your career. Certainly the Mario Manningham one qualifies. But with that said, that's in game. Did you get a little nervous or anxious coming out for the anthem and that sort of stuff pregame? I mean, I think there's definitely uh, you get the butterflies and and you get, you know, a a little excited. I think that's a, you know, I was always kind of learned that that's a good thing. When you're nervous about something, that means you care about it. Like you want to do well. You means you're prepared. You've given a lot of effort to it. You've worked hard and you want to go and win. And it means something to you. So to have the butterflies, I mean, you know, I tell the teammates that that's normal. That's a good thing. It means you care and that you want to go out there and play well. So embrace it. And, uh, you know, in, in those situations. So, like, once you're playing the game, they usually – those those go away. But it's – yeah, like you said, it's the coin toss. It's the pregame where you have the, that this kind of nervous excitement. I watched your Mario Manningham throw this morning because I knew I was going to talk to you. It's just a ridiculous throw. I mean, I could argue, Eli, David Tyree, there's a, there's a bit of luck on certain catches. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> But Manningham is a freaking dime. Did you look at it 
afterwards and think, is that the best throw I've ever made? <laughs> um, it was tight. It was it was a little it was a little tight. It was a little risky, and I think that's kind of you know the, what, what what makes it uh, unique. It's say hey, it's you know when you get into a a Super Bowl and it's the most important throw of your life and the most important drive that you can have, and you can step up and, and make a throw that's like it's covered to a whole throw to a guy where if you throw it a yard inside, it's probably getting intercepted by a safety, but you put it in a spot where. Hey, your receiver can catch it or no one else. And you, and you trust your guy that they're going to make a play. And, and really what Mario does, I mean, the fact that, you know, it's over the outside shoulder. He can't see the ball hit his hands because outside shoulder, they say, I got to keep my two feet inbounds and take a, a hit from a safety and to hold on to it was, was remarkable. So, uh, you know, it just changed that whole drive. We're, we're backed up at our own 10 and now yep. so we're at the 50 yard line. Now we're kind of in control of the game. We, we, we got time. We can run the ball. We got plenty of time to make that drive and to score and not give Tom Brady too much time on the clock. You had two Super Bowls, Rams, second Super Bowl for McVay. Anything in the second Super Bowl you took from the first, it could have been in prep, pregame, halftime, that you took and it helped you in the second one? You know, I think, yeah, you just learn how to um, kind of manage, manage that week. And, and, you know, it's when you go to the Super Bowl – the last 20 weeks, you've been doing the same thing every single day. You know, you know, your Wednesdays are the same. You're at home. You, you know, get a massage on a certain day. You maybe go to dinner with your wife or you go out to dinner with your teammates one day. It's all the same. You get in that perfect routine. And now before the biggest game of your life, you're in a different city all week. You're taking buses to practice. You're in a hotel. You don't have your normal routine. So I think just trying to keep that same routine and say, hey, you know, planning ahead, saying, I gotta, I wanna get, you know, stretched out and massaged on Wednesday after practice, or, uh, hey, let's go to dinner and get a reservation at a new spot. And, hey, what, what spot am I gonna go to, uh, in, in Indianapolis? And so I think it's just kind of having a, a better way to plan and to kind of tell the other guys around you, the young guys, to go ahead and, 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 and start planning as well, um, because you've been there and you know what to expect. Think about your second year in the league. Is it remarkable to you that Joe Burrow got in here? You, you know, I think he's he. I was impressed with Joe last year, just having him, you know, watching him play. He was a rookie. You know, there's a couple of games where he's throwing it 30, 40, 50 times a game. He's got a bad offensive line uh, last year, but he was still, you know, a lot of completions. He was scrambling at times. He was buying time. He wasn't throwing a lot of interceptions. You know, he wasn't making a lot of mistakes and forcing things. And so, um, I thought he played great last year and this year, kind of the same thing, uh, especially throughout the playoffs. Two-minute drives, you know, playing tough, getting sacked nine times in one game, but just hanging in there, not causing you to force a, a throw or throw it too early. And so um, he just kind of has that, that it factor that he steps up and makes, you know, makes critical plays and great plays at the right time. I mean, you were a, a multiple-year starter at Ole Miss. He was a two-year starter at LSU. By your second year in the league, um, he he's he's had a couple of scrappy games, Jets, Bears, but were there times? I mean, would you have been ready because you were often a better quarterback in the two minute drill playoffs than on the road? It's really remarkable about your career. But in year two, can you even imagine leading a team on the road playoff games, or were you still in that sort of man? I'm a little over my skis on some of these games. You know, I think uh, you don't see young quarterbacks kind of their first time in the playoffs going in there and winning, you know, winning one playoff game, let alone multiple, just because, 
it is different. You're playing against better teams and everybody's, you know, up to the challenge. And so, you know, my, my first one, my second year, we went 11 and five. We, we won the NFC yep. East and we put, get to the playoffs and we get blown out by, by Carolina. And, and so, you know, I threw a bunch of interceptions and it was just a terrible game. It took, you know, it, you know, Peyton was in the playoffs a number of times. Matthew Stafford, like a lot of good quarterbacks, that first playoff experience, they don't do great, you know, and here's Joe Burrow in his second year winning three playoff games uh, on the road. And I think the fact that, you know, he has kind of gone through a playoff scenario in college and what he did at LSU, I think that does yeah. help. I mean, you had to go and beat some teams. You had to play in an SEC championship. You had to go on the road. You had to, you know, and, and kind of go through that playoff scenario, I think gives you a little bit more experience to handle this and makes him more prepared. You know, OBJ, it's, it's pretty impressive Mid-season, go to another team, completely different offense, new quarterback. Are you kind of surprised how quickly and seamlessly it worked? You know, I think, um, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Odell is, is extremely talented. He works hard. Um, he, he's fast. He catches the ball well. Um, and I think they just are using him so so well. They've been smart since the get-go of not not overloading him. I think the fact that you have Cooper Cup and he's going to be your workhorse and we're going to move him all around. He's going to be in the backfield. He's going to be in the slot. He's going to be out wide where with Odell, you're kind of like, hey, you're going to be out wide. You're going to, you know, win on slant routes. You're going to win on glance routes. You're going to win on comebacks and you're going to run by people and run a post and an in-breaking route. Just, you know, routes that you run a million times, you know where to, where to go. We're not going to move you around too much. And so you can just go play fast. And when you get one-on-one, go, go beat the corner. And he can do that. That's what he can do. And so I think they're using him well. Um, and you can see, it, you know, just the timing's getting better with Stafford and him on the same page. You know, the ball's coming out. Uh, anticipating, you know, Stafford's anticipating a little bit more on, on when he can make those throws and let him go, go, you know, go get it. So I've uh, been impressed. And obviously, you know, he, he's playing well. Happy for him to be in the Super Bowl. Listen, you were lucky that you got Tom Coughlin at the beginning of your career. You, you really one of the smartest guys. You have a lot of stability in the organization, which the Giants have not had in your last couple of years and since you left. Um, Stafford had stability in high school, Georgia, and the Rams. But he went 13 years. I mean, Eli, a lot of coaches, a lot of coordinators, a lot of different offensive lines. Um, I mean, you've had a couple of years when there was instability, when you got a new coach. How hard is that? Yeah, I mean, it can be it can be tough. And obviously what he's, uh, you know, had to endure and, and the fact that he's, you know, uh, you know, you know, just stayed with it. You know, always a great guy. Didn't blame anybody. Didn't throw anybody in the bus. Just kept working hard. And and then you never know. All of a sudden, you get a trade, and you know, you're you're in L.A. and you're you know, they basically bring you there, saying, "Hey, you're here to bring us a championship. That's why you're here." A lot of pressure has been put on him. You never won a playoff game, and so for him to kind of step into this situation, I think there was a lot of pressure. That first playoff game, you know, saying, "Hey, if I don't win yes. this playoff game, like this is a bust, and like who knows what, ha- what what's going to happen." So I think you know um, he, he's played unbelievable through the playoffs. So happy, you know, known Matthew a long time, and so happy that he's in this opportunity in a Super Bowl in his hometown, uh, you know, in LA uh, with the Rams. So it's uh, should be a great atmosphere for him. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Michelin test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected, or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moon roof you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. From Eli Manning to Chad Millman, the chief content officer of the Action Network. Um, all right, let's start with the the simple stuff. Um, if it was four and a half, five, I'd probably take the Bengals. I went and looked at the Bengals and the Rams scores. 18 of the 20 Bengal games were close. They were blown out by Cleveland and lost a lot of jump balls and were kind of whacked at home by the Chargers. But overwhelmingly, they played good teams very tight. Win or lose, Green Bay, Tennessee, San Francisco. So it tells you that's probably the side to be on, but I can't get past this. 
They feel like the, the Bengals feel like a sixth seed in March Madness. They win a couple of buzzer beaters. There's a clearly momentum, which is a powerful device, but they're going to meet a number one seed. It's going to feel like a one or a two. They're not going to be able to block the Rams front. And I feel like it's going to get ugly. And I know it's square, but sometimes just don't you just like a matchup? You're totally entitled to like the matchup if that's where your head is at. It is not an easy game to handicap. And I will tell you, when the line opened to three and a half and was immediately bet to four by professional bettors, that was showing you that they liked the Rams a little bit. And the professional bettors have liked the Rams all year. They liked them for Super Bowl futures. They liked them to win their division. They liked them to win the conference. So by them betting at the three and a half, you were basically seeing them backing their opinion that had been established all year long. So the first half of the week, professional bettors were betting on the Rams, but then the number got to four and a half. And then the professional bettors came in on the Bengals and you started to see the money even out a little bit. So now you're basically getting the betters. You see where the line of demarcation is for lack of a better term. Four and a half is where they definitively like the Bengals. Three and a half is where they definitively like the Rams. And at four, it's a matchup game. You like the Rams. I like the Bengals. That's it, it's, it's that opinion. Uh, I think I'd take the under. I think the game will be quick. The Bengals are proficient at running. The Rams aren't necessarily the last two weeks because it's the Niners and Bucks run defense. They were very proficient running the ball against Arizona. I think the game shrinks. I think there's more running than we think. I think it's a quick game. I think it's mostly well played. I don't think there are as many big plays over the top because I think both secondaries are highly capable. So I would take the under sharper square. That is totally sharp. It opened at 49 and a half. It got bet down to 48 and a half. It's been sitting there, but that is the side that the wise guys are betting. I do want to go back to some of your calculus on the Bengals, discounting the close games they've played and saying that it feels like a six seed in March Madness and that uh, they're not as good as what they're showing on the field. I would say that would be true if they only did it during the playoffs, but you said it yourself. 18 of 20 games. The team keeps games close. And the problem with betting against the Bengals in a spot like this isn't because you think the Rams are going to win the game. They are the better team. It's why they're favored. They were the better team all year long. They have the better quarterback by a percentage. They dominate on the defensive line and the Bengals offensive line isn't that great. So what happens is you get the Bengals down big. And when the game gets closer to the end, that's when the Bengals consistently find ways to use their explosiveness to get into the end zone. So I'm not betting because I think the Bengals are the better team. I'm betting because I think the Bengals are going to be able to find a way to keep this game close, either through 60 minutes or in the last three minutes. Let's talk um, receiving yards. Odell Beckham over under 62 and a half. Jamar Chase, 78 and a half. Cooper Cup, 105. That's a big number for Cup, and he's terrific. But I do like the safety play by the Bengals. I'd probably bet the under on Cooper Cup. That's of the three that looks like the play. Your thoughts? 
So the, the Cooper Cup specifically, um, I'm not going to deflect. I'm going to give you my thoughts. But the Cooper Cup receiving totals across the board are the biggest liability the sports books have in this Super Bowl. It's not a side. It's not a total. They have been getting hammered from the second these props opened on Cooper Cup overs. And I'm in that camp. I didn't bet his over total receiving yards. I haven't bet his over receptions. But I did bet Cooper Cup over 28 and a half for longest reception uh, because he's so good at yards after the catch and the Bengals defensive secondary, the way they play defense, it allows for him to be in matchups, to be in open space and find opportunities to do that. So uh, I think that the market is getting priced out for a lot of the numbers you just talked about for Odell, for Cooper Cup, for Jamar Chase. What I do like a lot, T Higgins over about 69 and a half receiving yards. Tyler Boyd over, I forgot the number of receptions, but I like him over for receptions. I do think that you get to the second and third tier of receivers for the Bengals. And I like that a lot because the Rams defensive secondary is very bad covering. They play a lot of zone and they leave a lot of open space in the middle of the field, which is where those two guys eat. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.